Hey, and welcome to the Aloha Church Podcast. We believe that full life is found in Jesus. And after this message, if you have any questions, please engage with us over social media or connect with us on a Sunday morning. My name is Allison Golden. If you haven't met before, hello. Nice to meet you. I thought I would just open up with a little bit about myself since maybe some of you know me, maybe some of you don't. But I am married to the wonderful Michael Golden, who led us in worship today. We've been married for almost five years, and July will be five years. And we've actually been a part of Aloha Church since the very beginning. Michael was actually in the Mark study in Drew Church's living room before Aloha was even a dream, an idea. And so it's just been an honor and a privilege to be a part of this church, a part of this family from the very beginning. I actually started our children's ministry, which is so funny to think about. I was crazy for thinking of doing that as a full-time nurse, but we did it. We did it. Um, and so I did that for about a year, a year, and then I was still a full-time nurse for a little bit. And then now I've been doing our social media and communications for about the past two years. So every email and every social media post is me. Hello, face to the post. Um, <laughs> And so on top of that, like I kind of just mentioned, I am a nurse. I've been at Rady Children's Hospital for five and a half years now. And I, yeah, wild. I'm part-time there now and I love being a nurse. It's something that I do feel the Lord has called me to do. There's so much ministry work to be done there. And on top of that, I'm just kind of like listing all these things to show you how crazy the Lord can move and work in your life as he has in mine. I'm an author, and so I have been a part of being a nurse, but I've also stepped into this role of writing and speaking and ministering to women and encouraging women in their faith, and that's led me to writing two books. And so I have a book that releases in literally two days, which is so crazy. Um, But all that to just say that The Lord is so intentional with where he knows he needs us to be um, and the way that he wants to work in and through us in places that we may never even expect him to. That all being said, I'm also in seminary. I'm a seminary student. I am at Western Seminary. Joel and Darsha are also there too. And Joel, shout out to my classmate. We have two classes together this semester, which is just so funny because they started a few years before me, but our classes aligned and we're in the same class together. And so in this, one of these classes that we're in right now, we've been studying and thinking about what it means to live in response to what Jesus has done for us. So the fact that like, Jesus has literally died on the cross, resurrected, and now in him, as we believe in him, our lives are replaced by his life and we get to live in Christ. Like, whoa, right? How do we actually live on earth in response to what Jesus did for us? And so, you know, while this important question to ask, you know, how are we to actually live as Christians in response to what Jesus has done for us is a big question. It's a dense question. It carries a lot. And if you've been coming to Aloha for a little bit, you've seen that we've been in these uh, sermons of we started out in remembrance. And then the past few weeks, we've been in this series of running with the gospel And I think a lot of times that the answer to that question, you know, there's a lot of different answers that we could have for how are we supposed to live in response to what Jesus has done for us. But what we've really been studying this year is is key to answering that question. 
And so how we can actually live into response what Jesus has done for us is remembering what he has done, how he's been faithful in the past in our lives, in the lives of our friends, in the lives of the people we see in the Bible, but also knowing the hope that is set before us. So running this race that's set before us with Jesus, with our eyes fixed on the hope of what's to come. And so I wanna read from Hebrews 12, one through two. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And so something that I love that Pastor Drew said last week is a lot of times when we think about running this race, like actually running the race that's set before us by the Lord to carry this gospel message to where the Lord has us in our lives, we can think that, oh, that's just for the pastors or that's just for the people who speak on a stage or that's just for people who are in school to learn about Jesus. But in fact, it's for all of us. We are all called to carry this gospel message. We are all reflections of him everywhere that we go. And so what I wanted to start with before I kind of dive into my message today are these truths that Pastor Drew ended with last week. He listed these beautiful truths of who we are now in the Lord. And they're so beautiful, and so I'm going to read them over us. And let these excite you. Let these remind you of the actual, literal truth of your life right now today in Jesus, because these things are what propel us to go and be his light and his reflection everywhere that we go. So these are, three, these are things that we should be thrilled about. No, okay, and I want some cheers for these as we read them. <laughs> Knowing that you are chosen by God in eternity. You are redeemed from every evil bondage. You are purchased for God's precious possession. He has made you alive in Christ. He has adopted you as his own child and made you an heir of eternal life with the inheritance of all things. Woo. He has made his Holy Spirit to dwell in you. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. He will lead you in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And he will give you a new glorious body in the age to come. Like these, these are 100% the truest truths that you could ever read. Um, let them be what propels you into sharing the gospel, into being his light, into being his reflection everywhere that you go. All right, now I'm getting excited. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for your goodness and your kindness in the fact that it is now you who lives in us, Lord. Not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Would you help make that a reality? Let that sink into our hearts today, Lord. We are here for you. You are here for us. You are literally so excited to meet with us today, to speak to us. Lord, would it be your words out of my mouth? We're so ready to hear from you. We're so eager for a glimpse and a touch of your love today, Lord. Amen. 
So like I said in the beginning, I'm a nurse, and I'm a pediatric nurse, and so with that, there's a few things, right? Um, it can be really fun at work sometimes, you know? There's the cute little three-year-olds that you get to play with, and then sometimes they throw tantrums, and that's never fun, but um, you, you, you work your way through it. And then there's the teenagers who you get to just talk to about boys or girls, and it's just, it can truly be so fun sometimes to be a pediatric nurse. But at the same time, it's devastating. It's very hard. Um, I see things that I don't share with people because I know that it will cause secondary trauma. Um, I see some very heartbreaking things. And I had a really hard shift one time. as a few years ago. It's the hardest shift I've ever had to this day. I'm not going to share the details, although you can read about the story in chapter one of my book. Um, <laughs> and yeah had a really hard shift, and I walked away from this shift asking God, where were you? Where was your light in that situation? You say you're the light of the world. I don't see it. I don't feel it. I was questioning, God, where are you? Where were you? And I know I'm not alone in asking those questions, like truly. I'm sure every single one of you in here has asked the Lord before, where were you? Where are you? Where's your light? And so I wanna take that question that I opened with and add a little something to it, and that's what we're gonna dive into today. And so this question, how are we to actually live as Christians in response to what Jesus has done for us when we live in a hurting and broken and dark world? How do we do it? How do we actually run with the gospel when we are feeling defeated and overwhelmed by the circumstances in our own lives? And so if you're hearing these questions and these things that I'm saying and you're like, oh gosh, yeah, like I feel that, like Allison, I'm with you, that's me right now, or that was me a few weeks ago, or that was me a few years ago, or I think that that's about to be me, I wanna share some beautiful truths with you, but I also wanna remind you that Jesus isn't asking you to rush away from those feelings. He's more wanting to remind you of the truth that's in him. And that truth is. I'm gonna read four different passages. John 1, four through five. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John eight twelve. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 12, 36, so Jesus said to them, the light is among you for a little while longer. He's talking about himself. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. While you have the light, believe in the light that you may become sons of light. John 13, 44 through 46. And Jesus cried out and said, whoever believes in me and whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me, I'm gonna read that again. Whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Jesus' words. So we must remember the fact that in truth, that darkness has already been defeated by light. On the cross, when Jesus was nailed to the cross, darkness has been defeated. 
And so Satan's greatest tactic is making us believe and feel like darkness still is trapping us, is overwhelming us. We're overwhelmed by the darkness of the world because Satan is trying to make us think that light has not already overcome. Satan knows the power that lies in that truth. He knows that Jesus hold, he knows that he holds no authority over us in the name of Jesus. So he sneaks in and he makes us doubt that light has already won. But then the question comes up, okay, but why is there darkness in the world? Why are there still these horrible things happening? Why, why do I feel overwhelmed by all of this darkness that actually does exist? And so the answer to that is that we currently live in this period on earth that is in between Jesus' resurrection and Jesus' return. And because of his resurrection, we know what has been defeated. On the cross, darkness was defeated. On the cross, Satan was defeated. But the final, final, final product of that is coming with Jesus' return when Satan will literally no longer exist at all. And so... Because of his resurrection, we know what has been defeated and we know what's to come. And so let's look at what's to come in Revelation 21, verses one through four. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. This is, um, sorry, interruption. This is John um, saying the vision that he had about um, the new heaven and new earth. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them, they will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death, or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. That's our hope. And so while darkness is still on this earth, we get to live in confidence that it no longer has a hold on us. It no longer has a hold on us in the name and authority of Jesus. And so we get to wait in anticipation and expectation of the promise of what is to come. And so now that we can remember Jesus as the light that has defeated darkness and the hope of what's to come in him, which is eternal glory, living in his light forever, how do we practically live our lives on earth? as believers and followers of Jesus, okay, we we know all this stuff about the Lord. How do we actually live? What are we supposed to do? Let's dive in. Gonna read the verse that we opened with, Isaiah 60, verses one through two. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. So there's two things that we can practically do every day in response to what Jesus has already done and what we know is to come. And that is arise and shine. It's the title of my book also, by the way. (laughs) Let's look at arise. So this word arise in Hebrew 
is actually kum, which means to arise or to stand. To stand. There's another place in the Bible that talks about standing, and that's the armor of God. So I'm going to read Ephesians 6, 10 through 17 over us because it says the word stand in this verse multiple times. And the word arise is a call to action. It's not just like, arise and shine, give God the glory. You know, the song that our parents sang to us every morning. This is an actual action step that we are supposed to take. And we are equipped to take it because of the armor of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So, this word arise is saying stand and put on the armor of God. And I'm not going to dive into each of these pieces of armor, but I want to look at two. The first one and the last one. They're both God's word. There's the belt of truth, which is a defensive piece of armor. And then there's an offensive piece, the sword of the spirit. And so we literally are protected by his word and we can use his word to fight back against the enemy. His word is our weapon. If you're taking notes, that's one of the fill in the blanks. (laughs) His word is our weapon. God's word is literally the most powerful thing that we have. And yet there's no wonder why Satan makes us not read our Bibles. That's why our Bibles are the hardest thing to pick up to read. That's why he makes us so busy. That's why it's confusing. That's why it seems boring, because Satan knows the power that the Bible holds. He knows that he has no chance against the word of God. His word is our weapon. His word is your weapon. His word is what you can use to actually fight the darkness that's in this world and that's in your own life. And so we arise from the darkness that Satan is keeping us in and just keeping us, making us feel like we're trapped in and overwhelmed by, by standing in the truth that actually, like literally, pierces all darkness. Oh, and then I love this part of the Bible too. Colossians 1.13. If you can't tell, I'm really passionate about this. (laughs) For he has rescued us and has drawn us to himself from the dominion of darkness and has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. Who did we just read that his beloved son is? Jesus, who's the light of the world, right? So we have been transferred from the kingdom, uh, from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of light. And yes, there is the glory to come, but we live in the Lord's kingdom right now, so we literally live in the kingdom of light right now. 
Like this is for right now. You live in light right now. That is the truth that we get to stand on. That is the power of recognizing the fact that the Bible is our greatest tool, our greatest weapon to fight against the lies, to fight against the lies that are saying that you're not capable to take that step of faith. The lies that say that you shouldn't get to know Jesus, just like Ray's testimony, right? The lies that she was believing that that Jesus was just boring or that things were fake. But no, the spirit is alive and dwelling here because we live in the kingdom of light. Woo! Sorry, that was loud. I just get excited. (laughs) Okay, point two, shine. Let's look at these three scriptures. Oh, these are Jesus' words to you that I'm about to read. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples in Matthew 5. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Ephesians 5.8, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. So because of Jesus' death and resurrection and the fact that we are now dwelling places of the Holy Spirit, And because we are created in the image of God, we carry, you carry, the exact light of Jesus Christ. Like that is alive and active in you right now, today, if you have said yes to believing in Jesus. And so not only is Jesus the light of the world that we see in John 8, 12, but he calls us the light of the world. It's not just that Jesus is the light of the world, but he says you are the light of the world. And so we are walking reflections of Jesus. We are carrying the light of the one who went to the cross and carried all of the sin of the world on his shoulders so that we could live freely. That is what we get to walk and reflect everywhere that we go, his his overwhelming love, his immense grace, his peace, his patience, all the fruits of the spirit we get to walk in. And that's what people see. That's what people see when they look at us. And it's not that we're saying, you must believe in Jesus or else you're going to hell. Like, no, it's just simply by smiling at someone at the grocery store. It's by living in step with the spirit. It's by simply just saying, Jesus, Not I who live, but you who lives in me. How do you want me to live today? What do you want me to do today? What what should I do with you? What should we do together? And so the fact that we are walking reflections of Jesus is the greatest honor. It's the most beautiful gift, and how we steward that really matters. We're stewards of the literal light of Christ. Like, let that truly sink in for a moment. You can steward the light of Christ that pierces all darkness. And so it's a daily dying to ourselves and our flesh and speaking over ourselves. Like I said, not I who live, but Christ who lives in me. 
Not I who live, but the light of Christ who lives in me. And so something that I really wanna share with you is that shining the light of Christ isn't something that you have to do. It's not this moralism work, like this work of moralism, trying to do all these amazing things just to look like you're a good Christian. Shining the light of Christ is being with the light of Christ. It's getting to know him. It's getting to know Jesus. It's looking more and more like him as we spend time with him and seek his face. That's what shining his light is. It's letting him work in us without us really having to do anything except fall more and more in love with him and that's what propels us and changes the way that we live and it begins to look more and more like him. A life that's slow, not necessarily a life that's easy, but a life that's interruptible, a life that's patient a life that's kind, a life that puts others before ourselves. And so we can't help but be transformed in the presence of Jesus. His presence changes everything. And so even when you're feeling like nothing is happening, I've been there. I've, there's been moments in my life where I'm, I'm worshiping and I'm not feeling anything. We think we're supposed to like feel something every time that we're with the Lord, but that doesn't mean that he's not working or that transformation isn't taking place. Moses in Exodus 34, he's coming down after spending time with Jesus with the tablets in his hands, and he's literally shining so bright. He is radiant, it says in Exodus 34, because he simply was talking to God, because he was with God on the mountain. I said Jesus earlier, sorry, God. <laughs> Moses was talking to God and he was literally shining that he had to put a veil over his face. The veil's now been torn. So when we talk to God, when we interact with God, when we spend time with the Lord, we're literally shining his glory everywhere that we go and there's no more veil. That's what we get to walk in. So we shine the light of Christ by being with the light himself. So our response to Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, therefore, is to arise and shine. It's to arise against the enemy and say, you no longer have a hold on me, Satan, because I stand in the authority of Jesus Christ. And then it's walking with our eyes fixed on what we know is to come, the hope and the glory that is to come. And it's saying, Lord, let your light shine through me as I surrender my life to you and I run this race that's set before me as I fix my eyes on what's to come. And that is how people come to see the love of Jesus. That's, the, that's what this world needs right now, right? We're in these really dark times, and not that it's any darker than it was when the Bible stories were happening, but it's heavy and it's hard, and people need the light of Jesus right now more than ever. And so back to that story that I opened up with and shared about that traumatic shift that I had, I had a choice when I was asking those questions to lean into the Lord or to lean out and away from the Lord. I could seek his face, even in the confusion and the questions, or I could just turn, could have turned and done my own thing and went my own way and forgot about God completely. And Satan wants us to lean out. He wants us to lean away from the Lord because he knows what happens if we lean in. 
even in the confusion, even when we don't understand everything. He knows what's there for us, and that's the power and authority of Jesus Christ. It's the light that overcomes all darkness. It's the hope that we can cling to amid a chaotic and crazy world and still have peace and still know the hope that's to come. And so worship team, you can come on up. I wanna ask you guys today, where is the Lord asking you to arise with him? What area of your life do you feel like Satan is telling you that needs to be kept in darkness? Where are you feeling overwhelmed by darkness? Are you living fully in your identity as a child of light? Where is the Lord inviting you to arise with him? Is it calling a parent or a child pursuing reconciliation? Is it staying in the job you're at knowing it's hard but remembering the light that you carry? That's me. Is it starting a mini church or sharing your faith more with friends? Is it getting out of a relationship that is not glorifying to the Lord, whether that be a friend or a um, romantic relationship? Is it repenting to the Lord of a secret and sharing it out loud with one other person to break its power? Is it simply talking to Jesus more? Is it saying yes to that scary thing that you feel the Lord is asking you to do? There's a lot of other things that, that could be there, and you know what it is in your heart. But I wanna remind you of these three things. And that's in and with the power of Jesus Christ, you are more than capable to do what he's inviting you in to do, whatever he's asking you to arise in right now. In and with the power of Jesus Christ, you can defeat the lies and the tactics of Satan. And in and with the power of Jesus Christ, you carry his light that this world needs more than ever right now. You carry the light that this world needs. And it's not your light, it's his light at work in you. And so I'd love to open us in prayer, or start us in prayer, and then Pastor Drew's also gonna pray. Where is the Lord asking you to arise? Jesus, we thank you for your light that pierces all darkness. And Lord, I know that you're stirring in some hearts in this room, that there are baby steps that people are to take, just like the step I took to lean into you in a time where I could have turned away. And look what you did. You made me write a book. You have stories just like that for the people in this room right now. Lord, would you place dreams in people's hearts right now? Would you place the exact things that you know that people need to rise up out of right now in Jesus' name? Lord, would you empower them today? Would you show, show your love to them, your peace to them, your joy to them, Lord? Would we all in this room arise from where the enemy wants to keep us and shine your light that has already come? and defeated all darkness. Thank you for that truth, Lord, that we get to walk in your light. The greatest gift.
Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to the Aloha Church Podcast. If you want to learn more about living free in Jesus, please reach out to us. We hope God spoke something wonderful and life-giving to you today. Until next time, lots of love and aloha. Aloha.